No success in the world can compensate for failure in the home. That's why Club Wealth was founded, to help driven, successful, and busy real estate agents like you double their business while building a strong, balanced home life. Join us each week as high-producing agents and team leaders share their stories and unpack the principles and systems they've used to double, triple, and even quadruple their business while enjoying greater quality of life. And now, here's the latest episode of Club Wealth TV. So we're live. Uh, guys, we're going to be talking today with Karen Briscoe from Northern Virginia. Uh, about flipping time and getting double your production out of just investing five minutes per day. Now, let me tell you something. Karen is a rock star. Karen's in Northern Virginia, DC, Maryland, Virginia area. And she is doing now, I'm going to say the number and you guys are gonna be like, well, you know, that's an, an interesting number of transactions, but Karen does 80 transactions a year, which for you guys right away might not sound like a ton, but let me tell you something. Her average sales price Average sales price, a million dollars. 80 transactions a year at a million dollar average sales price. That's phenomenal. And so, you guys, she's got a lot to share with us and specifically about the importance of habits and how literally this concept of flipping time uh, can have you literally only investing an extra, you know, just five minutes a day and doubling your production. Now, before we get into that and before we start uh, going into questions and conversation with Karen, uh, I want to remind you guys, that our sponsor for today is Wise Hire. So Wise Hire is a company that Brian and I and a lot of Club Wealth members and coaches use to help us with recruiting, whether it's administrative team members or whether it's salespeople, all of the above. Uh, they're fantastic. You can find out more about Wise Hire. And if I could get my administrative team member who's listening on the call to type this into uh, the chat or to, into the Facebook uh, post here, it's clubwealth.com forward slash wise hire that's w-i-z-e-h-i-r-e they of course are our sponsor for the show and we appreciate them that being said my co-host today is coach brian curtis brian is a club wealth tier five member uh which it means that brian does between 250 and 500 transactions a year uh which is mind-blowing right i mean holy crap uh and i was just telling karen how brian is truly one of the smartest people i've ever met and someone that I have a ton of respect for, and he's a heck of a nice guy to boot. So that said, Brian, thank you very, very much for being here and uh, for being, as always, my co-host here on uh, Club Wealth TV. So Good to be here. Right on. All right, so that said, Brian, I'm going to let you lead us off. We're going to give you the first question for Karen, and while you're doing that, I'm going to share this to the Facebook group. Great, I'll throw a softball. So, um, you know, Karen, we were talking earlier, it, you t told me five minutes, and, I, you know, if there's a I, the book called The Four Hour Work Week, which I made fun of 20 years ago. Um, I understand that it wasn't actually about working four hours a week. So I promise not to make fun of your five minute flip, but I want to hear, hear what that's about because we're all looking for ways to be more efficient, more effective with our time. So what do you have? Yes. Well, the way the five minute success came about is that I was, it, as often happens when you start to achieve at a high level, people want to know how you do it. And in doing training and that type of thing, I would encourage people to invest in their personal business development. And I invariably heard that the resistance, the pushback was, well, I don't have enough time. And I said, well, do you have five minutes a day? And everybody says they have five minutes a day, right? So we broke through that barrier. So first of all, you got to break through the barrier that you don't have enough time because everybody has five minutes a day. 
So I didn't really realize the impact of it until I have really seen people do it and myself included. And by investing five minutes a day in your personal business development, it can have several different effects, but the most common are one, it can have a, um, a snowball effect, right? So it builds on itself. So putting that time in uh, will build on itself like a snowball. Sometimes it's a domino. So like doing that one act will then knock over the dominoes of being more effective and efficient the rest of the time. And another effect that can happen is ripple effect because you'll start to experiencing the benefits of it and then you'll want to do more and the people around you's lives are going to improve. And so then you'll have that impact. So the one of the reasons why the five minutes is because it's been proven in habit formation that starting small and building up is a key strategy to habit formation. And if people were already doing it, right, then they would be successful. And so obviously there's something stopping them. And I think that being busy has become a competitive arena and that we're all about trying to say how we're all so busy. We don't have enough to do time to do the things we want to do and do the meaningful work. Yeah, I totally agree with you that, you know, it's funny because people say like, we have something that we work on called the perfect daily schedule. And so often I think people dive into that and they think, okay, I'm going to write the perfect daily schedule and it's going to be, you know, eight to 12 hours of hardcore, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to be crushing it and I'm going to make all this money because of it. And my life's going to be perfect and blah, 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 blah. And the reality is it just, it doesn't happen that way, right? Like you can't just dive in and go from, okay, I'm a schmuck today. And I'm not saying anybody's a schmuck, but you know what I'm saying? Like I'll use my personal life as an example, right? So I can't go from saying I'm a schmuck today and all of, and I'm completely disorganized and I don't do anything on a schedule and I just let life happen as it happens to I'm going to lead this incredibly intense, perfect daily schedule every day. It's got to take baby steps. And I love your five minute thing. I and mean, that is awesome. Now, I want to clarify, you said domino effect, ripple effect. And what was the third one? The snowball effect. So the it can snowball. build on each other. And that's the one I see most common is that people will... The, the ideas and the concepts of, of personal business development will start to create this momentum. And all of them are some form of momentum, right? And that's the idea is to get people started. Because if you haven't started, <laughs> then starting is the most important thing. Just like anybody who's getting ready to start a fitness routine or uh, you know eating healthy or something, uh, the habits of and the consistent habits are what's going to have the most impact of sustain, right? So we're talking about sustain. There's a lot of research on habit formation. Uh, and there's a lot of, you know, talk about the number of days it takes to establish a habit. I mean, the truth be told is it really isn't a habit until you do it all the time, right? With what's called automaticity, where you don't have to think about it. Like, I really doubt anybody on this call has to think about brushing their teeth. Uh, so that's a habit. So the idea is to put these practices into place so that they become such a habit. They become an integral part of your life. And you're smiling, Michael. I'm laughing because Brian's <laughs> up there brushing his teeth. I almost spit up my protein uh, shake when he did that. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, so awesome. the other thing about time that is really become very apparent to me is that it is um, not equal in worth, if you will. So it's relative is what Einstein would say. So time is, if you're doing something you don't want to do, like in a boring meeting or traffic or whatever, it just stands still, right? It's just like torture, okay? 
And yet, if you're doing something that's meaningful for you, being with somebody you love or really something you're passionate about, time flies by. So it really isn't time that we're talking about. We're actually talking about energy and impact. And when people say they don't have enough time, I, I quote the Lazu quote, and that is, time is a created thing. To say I don't have time is like saying I don't want to. So what is it that's stopping people from doing what they say they want to do? Yeah, like setting the priority. I mean, being intentional about it, like actually physically just doing it. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really interesting because that is really the crux of the question. Because if so somebody I'm, really oh, ahead, wants Brian. to do something, they'll do it, right? So, yes, I, you know, it's an interesting thing. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Mel Robbins, Karen. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, I've been studying. Five second rule. Yeah, and this is really a lot of what she says. You know, people go and they have this thought. I'm going to, you know, go lead generate. I'm going to go, whatever it is, doesn't matter. You put an X and most of us wait that five seconds. And then, you know, we don't realize that our brain's function is to screw us over. She's the, the metaphor, but that's really what its job is. And really what I mean by that is our brain wants to go like this. It wants to make sure no matter what we do, that we don't become uncomfortable. It wants to make sure that we're safe, warm, and fed. Outside of that, it has no other real purpose. So if we don't take that immediate action when we do that, it's, you know, it's real opportunity that that just goes away. Um, one of my favorite authors says this, and I really love this idea, is money loves speed. So if you get a great idea, you know, it, and we've all seen it, like, uh, oh, I, I, you know, friend, friend of mine, oh, I, I knew I was going to invent that, and it just came out and someone's making millions of bucks. You know, the universe gives us these opportunities. The question is whether we're willing to pounce on them or not, whether we're willing to move forward with them. And I just really love that concept. As a serial procrastinator, I get it, so. Well, absolutely. And all of those things are so powerful examples. The getting outside your comfort zone, change. So we're talking about if there's something about your business or life that you want to change, then you're going to have to do something different. And it's going to have to be outside your comfort zone. I mean, everybody knows what the definition of insanity or stupidity is. And that's doing the same thing over and over again, <laughs> expecting a different result. And so I, I do find what you're sharing about this ideas in the universe I think that opportunities are out there and they do come to certain people because they have the ability or traits or whatever, and we don't act on them, then they're going to go somewhere else. Because if, if it's ideas manifested to be happening now, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the electricity wars that happened with Einstein, Westinghouse, and Edison. They were all basically inventing the same thing at the same time. And in different ways, the ideas came to them differently. But it, that's the kind of the energy that I'm talking about. So really, it's it's energy is what is the true fundamental currency of performance, high performance. And then that's where a lot of the flip time comes into is what do you focus your energy on? Okay, so talk to us about that principle of flipping time. Define that. What does it mean, flipping time? Are we flipping it like we flip houses? Uh, you know, like, what, is it, what does this mean, to flip time? It's just as great as flipping houses. It's actually better. <laughs> so I, you may remember the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, the pyramid. So what many people do is they work their way up the pyramid, and they start with their physical needs first. And that's, you know, human nature, right? It's, it's your your biological need to take care of your, your 
physical needs. And then you work on to the next two safety needs, which you talked about how to break through the safety and security needs, because that is a powerful human um, condition, if you will. Then it's uh, esteem needs and relationship needs, and then self-actualization. Well, what happens if you, you're working your way up the pyramid and you run out of time? Or what happens if you work your way up the pyramid and I find sometimes people's pyramids just keep getting bigger, right? So you, you reach this level of production or you reach this, you, you have success, but then you look around and you go, well, this is it, what, what is this? And so the idea of flipping time or flipping the pyramid is to put self-actualization first. And once you do that, I find everything becomes better. And this is why. When you are doing, it's called a lot of different things. Some people call it meaningful work. Some people call it bliss. That's what Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey calls it. Some people call it a zone of genius, whatever it is, it's going to be your, your passion. And if you're talking about production, like real estate, well, what's the meaningful work for a real estate agent? It's lead generation, right? And yet what do the real estate agents do? They work on all the lower level, you know, tasks first, right? So if you can even make this be a real estate conversation or a productivity conversation, you flip the time and you put those first, okay? And what happens is everything else gets better. So in my experience, you are more in tune with your identity, what your calling is. That's what it's called in the heroine's journey or hero's journey, the call to adventure, or your call to contribution or your call to whatever your idea of creativity is. Then you're going to have better esteem needs. Your relationships are going to be better because you're going to be happier, right? You're going to be doing what you were meant to be doing. And it's sort of like when a rainmaker is lead generating, everybody else is happier, right? Because <laughs> a rising tide's raising all those boats. And that then leads to what's the greatest security and safety there is, right? That you're achieving what your purpose is and same with your physical needs, right? So if you're putting your self-care first, which is a, meaningful, you know, your health is, your health span is actually your, one of your greatest assets. You're doing those things first and the physical needs are going to be taken care of as well. I love what you just said is when you take care of that highest need, right? The, the self-actualization. And really, again, this can come down to those most important things that we need to be doing in our business. If you want to get down to just a task oriented conversation, it's, you know, if I'm prospecting, if I'm saying intentionally every single day, if I'm making darn sure, not that I make a certain number of calls, but that I get a certain number of appointments every day, right? So if I know no matter what, I'm going to hit my one appointment a day or two appointments a day or whatever that number is, doing that, and this is what I think that I think people have a hard time drawing this conclusion or drawing this, you know, the, the you know, kind of this flow, understanding how this really works. But if I really do do that, it really does improve all of the other areas in my life. Now, there's a point at which we have to say, time out, got to have some personal time, right? So it's not enough to just say, okay, I'm going to go prospect all the time. I'm going to go set appointments all the time. And I'm going to forget about my family. And I'm going to forget about my spiritual life. And I'm going to forget about my health and all this other stuff. You know, we've got to take care of all five key areas in our life. That said, if we fail to take care of those things that are most important in each of those five key areas in our life, then all of it falls apart. The problem is, to your point, most people spend time down at the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is counterproductive, right? Because all that happens is your pyramid gets wider, 
right? All of a sudden you got more of this stuff you got to do. More stuff, but you're not actually doing the things that's going to have the most impact. And, you know, you are, you're so right about the, to me, it's activities that not time that determines success, because uh, I think sometimes begin back to time being a human construct and people can waste a lot of time doing nothing right um but so it's it's doing the activities it's doing the things that are going to have the most impact and just think about it when a, a rainmaker is truly in production then then everything else in the business in a lot of ways becomes better and and Dude, I got. I just got to touch on because you just nailed something. I literally just had this conversation with Coach Misty Bruton this morning. Literally just had the same conversation where you just nailed it because so many rainmakers want to get out of production. And Brian, you and I have had this conversation lots of times. Now you successfully made that transition, but it's such a difficult transition to make, and it has to happen at the right time, right? And so many rainmakers want to get out of production too soon. And what ha- but but here's the reality, and this is exactly what Missy and I were talking about this morning. When the rainmaker is in production and is leading by example, and is not and and is bringing in, you know is, is really leading the charge on you know, on going out and 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 killing the the game, if you will, and bringing that back to the cave or whatever you want to call it. You know, at the end of the day, leading by example in that way, not only does your personal production really help the team. But because they're seeing how to do it, they're seeing exactly that, hey, I'm not just telling you to do this, I do it myself. Let me help you. Instead of saying, let me push you out there and make you go do it, let me show you and share with you how I'm doing it, and I will help you do likewise. Uh, And I just think that's so much more powerful than that. Brian, I got to ask you a question. 250 to 500 transactions a year, man, that's, you know, tier five. You're crushing it, right? I mean, you're freaking. Now, the question I have is, how does this manifest itself in your business? How are you staying at the top of the pyramid? And I'm not talking about on your team. I'm talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. How are you staying at the top of that pyramid and acting in the, at the top of that pyramid in self-actualization and in terms of really leading by example at a time when you are not only out of production, but you live in a, in a different state than your team, uh, and your team is producing at a wicked high level, and you've got a ton of coaching clients, and you're on the road at a lot of events, and, 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 oh, and by the way, you've got a good family life. How are you freaking making this happen? I'll sleep when I'm dead. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not, that's not true. So, you know, I like a lot of the stuff that Karen's saying, and I've said it a different way, and I think it's really great to hear some of the same information packaged in a different way, because I know that I resonate with a certain group of people, Michael does and Karen, we all resonate, of course, there's a cross section. But, you know, for me, it's really about, um, we called them 2200s for a while. Uh, You lost me for a second. We call them 2200 tasks. And I don't know if we're still doing that. But basically, there's $20 hour task, and there's $200 an hour task. Now, the reality is that's not an exact science, it's going to vary from market to market, but it's a concept. And, you know, huge Tony Robbins fan, I know you know that. I feel like most people spend the majority of their time accomplishing things. You know, I I taught a class one day and I said, who likes to make lists in here? And about third to maybe half the people raised their hands. And I said, so you guys really love to check those things off that list, don't you? Like, yeah. And and then what followed was, so if you put 20 things on the list, 18 of them are kind of easy. And then the two are kind of hard. And the reality is most people accomplish the 18 and go, look, all the stuff I did today. 
I don't need any pats on the back. Ultimately, what I'm trying to do is figure out the highest and best use of my time. You know, spending, I actually spend more time on phone calls, on Zoom calls, on that with my team now than I did when I lived in the state because I understand that staying in touch with people is important. So I hope that answers that question. Okay, so I want to come back to Karen on the second here, but I want to touch on what you just said, Brian, because I heard somebody the other day say that team huddles are a waste of time essentially and that it's not important and that they're and that we and, and i and i i think what they're really first of all and they were saying that the elite people don't do huddles and i'm just like you're killing me like first of all it's not true right i think of the i, I think of a good friend of mine who sold the business for 250 million dollars um, and guess what they did a huddle with their team every single day at 905 every morning with their entire company and by the way this is i'm talking about Dwayne legate uh, who owned commissions inc and sold it for $250 million to Fidelity, right? And Brian, you just reinforced that with me. The team huddle, and so I think people get, get it wrong. I think people think that the team huddle is all about accountability. Yeah, that's a component of the team huddle, but that's not what it's all about. The team huddle, in my mind, is about one thing, and that's culture. It's, it's, it's really about connecting with and nurturing the relationships with people on your team and really deepening those relationships and really impacting team culture in a way that the accountability and the numbers and stuff, that's just a natural conclusion of it. But really, again, we're talking about, if we're talking about higher, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, this fulfills self-actualization. You want to get to self-actualization as a team, team it requires culture, right? So Karen, run with that. Well, no, I mean, it, it's brilliant. I, this is the first time I, I, my brain just resonated with what you said, but I was like, it's so true because you could, this is on an individual level, but it could also be on a team level. It could be in a lot of different, um, you know, even sports teams or whatever, right? So when they are, when the focus is, and again, the pyramid doesn't say you don't do the rest of it, okay? There, you do do the rest of it. But when you focus, when you put that first, then you're going to have the most most impact and the impact can happen in in many different ways but with a team think about it i mean it's just it could be exponential exponential yeah it really can and that's the thing is because what happens is as you do this as you as you become kind of in tune with self actualization for you personally you now have a greater ability and propensity to share that with your team Right. So it's very difficult for me to help my team reach self-actualization if I myself have not reached self-actualization. Very similarly, it's very difficult for me to help my team be successful if I myself have not been successful. Right. If I'm not doing a good job leading by example, if I'm not out there on appointments and doing a good job, you know, making the calls, scheduling the appointments, closing the appointments, doing the things that real estate agents do or in any business, doesn't matter what business you're in. Right. If I'm not doing those things that lead to success on a daily basis, very hard for me to tell someone else to do that and is and, and even harder to get them to do that and so self-actualization starts internally but it begins to become something that exudes from us it, it, out externally and it can now help other people go ahead karen well i was just thinking that a lot of times people use the example of the uh, oxygen mass on an airplane <laughs> and i if you're on an airplane and the oxygen masks drop, by all means, put them on because it, it is a scarce resource at that point. The, what I, the perspective I have is this is what I is more of an abundant and thriving because really in reality there is ample oxygen for everybody. 
And the idea is when, when for self-care or self-actualization or meaningful work or whatever, the leader doing that is actually to create an environment of thriving. And leading by example is one of the best ways. I find that when my life and business improves, everybody else's lives around me do as well. I, that's back to the ripple effect. So it's really not selfish at all. It actually can have, and, and you'll, back to the example, if you're showing how it really isn't, there's a lot of time management and work-life balance and productivity and all that, but if you're showing by example, what is, uh, what you focus on expands, right? Then other people are more likely, it's just like children, right? They really don't hear much of what you say. <laughs> they're they're going to focus on what you do. And so when you, if you want to expand your business or your, your life, live a big life, then the best way to do it is to, to show other people how to do it. And that's a, a Zig Ziglar quote, right? If you help just enough other people get what they want, you're going to get what you want. Absolutely. And so that's the way to really grow a, um, an amazing life. So Brian, you mentioned a moment ago, you were talking about how, and by the way, Karen, I completely agree with you on the helping other be enough other people getting what they want will automatically lead towards you getting what you want and more, by the way. Um, and Brian, you mentioned that a big key, and I, I like this, so I'm a fundamentals guy, right? I, I mean, I, I, I love all the talk and, uh, you know, the more the existential stuff, I think it's all great. But I'm a small-minded guy, right? I, I have a pea-sized brain, I think, sometimes. I just, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but what I know is that the fundamentals matter. And Brian, what I heard you say is paramount for you in running your team from afar and continuing to produce between 250 and 500 transactions a year, year in and year out, fundamental to that has been your presence with the team, whether or not it's physical or not, right? Because we talk about, you know, being fit, the difference neurologically uh, in the brain but, uh, between interacting with somebody face-to-face -face or interacting with somebody on video, the brain actually neurologically almost can't tell the difference. It's a very, very, very negligible difference uh, from video to face-to-face. -to -face. And so what I'm hearing you say, Brian, is you're on video with them on an extremely regular basis, and that has made a difference. Is that, am, am I right about that? I did. So let me, you know, let me be honest because I think that's really important here. Yeah. I don't, I don't do my huddles on video. Okay. I, I don't, but I will do I one. I think you should, by the way, but go I ahead. Know, and we'll, we'll talk about that some other time. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I think it's important to, to maintain some one-on-one -on -one stuff. And so since I can't sit down in the office with everybody once a week, then I can do, you know, I can do Zoom call. I can reach out. And, and here's, here's the reality though, is that, the people on our teams are looking for stuff from us. They're looking for input from us. They're looking from coaching from us. They're looking to interact with us. One of the reasons they joined our team, I mean, I can't speak for every team, but you know, ultimately at the end of the day, it's amazing just having that contact with them. You know, I had an agent the other day who was struggling and I spent 30 minutes on the phone with her and we talked and you know, got her remotivated. Come Monday morning, she's talking about how all this stuff is going on, all this positive stuff. It wasn't anything that I did. I didn't have any brilliant words of wisdom that I hadn't said to her 50 times before, but she felt connected. She felt like she, you know, got re-energized. And that's one of the things that team leaders have to realize is that our interactions with them can energize those people. So focus on those, those interactions being positive. Focus on those interactions being 
you know, what you would want, not just, you know, make more calls, do more of this. You know, we have to hold these people up in a lot of ways. It's very similar to having children. So, you know, you can yell and scream at your kids. I've tried it. It doesn't work. I can yell and scream at my team. I haven't tried it, but I'm going to guess it doesn't work. So we have to be there and be willing and understanding. And, you know, you hear this over and over. It's so frustrating to, to run a team. Yeah, it is. And you have a choice. You can keep running your team or go sell real estate or get out of real estate completely. But, you know, there's none of these things are perfect. You just have to decide what is important to you. Make those priorities that basically Karen's been talking about and go out and do those on a daily basis consistently. Go ahead, Karen. It looks like you're well. Right. Yeah, because I, I, we got into flip time, which is actually kind of the came about because the real estate success in five minutes a day, the five minute success principles are very productivity oriented, and and I just feel like that needs to be shared here because I am all about productivity. I mean, I, I, I that's what I um, is actually more my hallmark is known for, and the idea of focusing on the basics that came up a couple of times, the basics are commit to get leads, right? So everybody has, I mean, really without leads, if everybody's in the lead generation business, if you think about it, I mean, dentists, you know, they need patients, they call it business development and churches need members and they call it evangelism. Uh, we in real estate agents, we, we call it, um, you know, lead generation or, or uh, sometimes we use softer terms, um, but but right, everybody does it, okay? Because without a lead, there's nothing to do. And then there's the consult to sell process. So everything that transacts into business is has a conversion aspect to it. So there's process and skill for that. And then what often happens is, and it isn't, again, just to real estate agents or salespeople, but people will get stuck on this, you know, transactional nature of their business and life and they're only as good as their next deal and they they like they're, they're on this hamster wheel and so there's principles to connect to build and grow and those principles help people create scale and leverage like what brian's talking about so that you can you can actually it's like i heard this uh, example like planting a citrus trees takes a lot of time um and dedication but once you do you could have more fruit than you could ever eat the rest of your life going out and hunting and killing every day <laughs> means every day you're going to go out and hunt and kill right so getting people off that and into something that's going to be sustainable and then the principles that we've been talking a lot about today are success thinking activities and vision and so this trying to teach new way to think right about how to flip your time because if productivity hacks were working, people would already be doing it. <laughs> um, and then how to have the vision of what you want in your business, in your life, but then the activities that go into it, because there's a lot of people that, you know, they'll tell you to just say your affirmations and have your vision board and they forget to tell you in between <laughs> that you need to do the work, right? So those are the, the core principles of the five minute success that are what came out of my real estate business. And I really find that they have a lot of universal applications. And so we, we jumped to flipping time, which is a great concept, but I wanted everybody to know that there was this, this core productivity aspect to achieving success for what I found. You know, I agree. It's, it's really what you're saying is, Hey, look, we talk about all these things, these, all these high level, you know, stuff we should do, blah, blah, blah. But really what it comes down to is, especially when it comes to leadership, 
it comes down to, yes, we need to have the vision boards. Yes, we need to set goals. Yes, we need to create our perfect daily schedule. But none of that matters if we don't get our freaking butt up in the morning and go to freaking work, right? Like at the end of the day, we just got to do the deal. We got to eat the frog, right? We got to embrace the suck. I mean, it's just, these are, these are principles that have been around for a long time, a lot longer than I've been on this planet. I didn't invent these things, right? Somebody else came up with these. I think Brian Tracy is the first one to say, eat the frog, right? Yeah. You got to do it right? Like it's, it makes sense. Now, Brian Curtis, you mentioned something that I think is lost on a lot of people and including me at times. And I'll, and I'll share a personal experience I had recently where it was lost. I mean, people don't care as much about what we say. They will remember how we made them feel, right? Now, I'll give you an example. I had a recent conversation with a team member and dude, I blew it on this conversation. I, I, I was task oriented on this conversation, right? I was completely thinking tasks. I wasn't even thinking broad picture here. And my message, the the message I was giving was completely different than the message that was received. It was two entirely different things. I, I mean, literally polar opposite, polar opposite. I was saying this, they were hearing that. And here's why, because I wasn't focused enough on how I was making them feel. I was too focused on, getting my point across and not really focused on how are they hearing this? What is, what is the message they're getting versus what am I saying? And, and this is, this is a whole nother conversation. Jesse Zagorski does a really good job uh, talking about not just active listening skills, but communication. And when does real communication happen versus just, you know, I'm telling somebody something and I'm hoping they receive it. Brian, you're very good at this also. Uh, but again, to your point, as we flip the hierarchy of needs and stop working on the bottom, we start working on the top, we will naturally come to the conclusion that, look, in communication, if I not only get the, it's not just about getting that point across, it's about ensuring that in the process, the person understands that I care about them, that I love them, that I care about their success more than I care about my own, which no matter how much you feel that way, no matter how much you say that, nobody's gonna believe it until you convey it in the way they need to hear it so that they feel good about that message. Does that make sense? I mean, it's so easy. I'll give you an example. It's easy for me to tell my team members, I really want you to be successful. I want to help you be successful. I want you to go out and experience all the things in the world you can experience that will help you be successful. And I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader when you're successful. And I'm going to be sad when you fail. It's going to hurt me too when you fail. I'm going to feel bad about that. I'm going to be emotionally. It's going to impact me as well. I can say that all I want, but if they don't feel that in my message, if they don't really understand where my heart is, and, and, and that's a very different thing. Getting to that point where they understand where my heart is means a lot more than what happens in that conversation. There's a whole bunch of things that have to happen leading up to that conversation that show them that I truly care beyond just what I say in that conversation. Is this making sense? Yeah, this is where I love the feel felt found script. I had this happen with a team member yesterday. She's a relatively new agent. She's kind of doing her first buy sell at the same time. And she's like, the learning curve is just off the charts right now. She just like feel like her head's exploding. And I said, I could understand how you feel. Other new agents have felt that way before. <laughs> what we found is, and and it was like, you could just see her face, just like she felt that I heard her. And it, it, the reason why I love that script is that I can always remember it because it's feel, felt, found. But it, if you think about how humans, uh, people 
uh, respond, most times we, I don't want to say dismiss it, but we, you know, tell them what our story is and, you know, how we did it or whatever, or we'll, oh, it's no big deal. You'll figure it out without actually hearing them in a way that they felt heard. And so I'm so glad you shared that because it literally just happened yesterday, but that goes feel, felt, found. It works with clients. You, know, you have a seller, I'll be upset about a home inspection. I understand how you feel, Mr. Seller. Other sellers have felt that way before. What we have found is, and with buyers, it's saved, and it works actually with husbands and children too. <laughs> when my husband started doing it with me, I was like, wait a minute, I know that's a script, but I still felt heard. Well, and you just nailed it. And Brian, Brian, you got, I'll, I'm sorry, I'll just say this really quick and then you say everything you want to say, but Brian's the one that taught me this. Really? You, know, you learned you learned oh, the Feel Felt Found for Brian? No question. Brian's the master of Feel Felt Found. And not just Feel Felt Found, but he and Jesse together are ridiculously good at active listening skills, which frankly is probably one of my biggest challenges, right? I just, you know, do this. I talk a lot. I have a really hard time not only listening well, but really, truly implementing active listening skills. And if you don't do that, if you don't actively listen and really hear what the other person is saying, they're not going to have it. They're not going to give a rip about what you have to say. Brian, go ahead. Well, what I wanted to get at, and I'm, I'm, I've, I can't remember my stats right now, but the the concept will be there. So this is one of the things I feel that in I've had this personal experiences in personal relationships and in professional relationships understand that the amount of information that the brain can process consciously is minuscule to the amount of information that we're taking in in every moment. I, I think it's like 50,000 bits versus 400 million bits per second. Don't quote me on the math. It doesn't matter. It's a lot and a little. Keep that in mind. So why do I even bring that up? Well, because you and me, you and I, or me and somebody else, or you and somebody else can literally be in the same exact room having completely different experiences. Worse than that is we can be in the same exact conversation and having completely different experiences. It's, you know, I put on these glasses and my whole world just changed. I can't see because I have my contacts in, so now I can't see. But that's the experience. If you want to understand sometimes why you're not connecting with somebody, take a pair of glasses and put them on. You are literally having a different experience than that other person. And it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to walk in somebody's shoes. But, you know, feel felt found works or, you know, I, I don't understand where you're coming from. Please clarify, you know, ask for clarity and try and get where they're coming from. Stop trying to understand yourself because we've got this. This is the amount of information that's coming in. This is the amount that we're capable of processing in any conscious moment. So um, it's it's such a hard thing. You know, and we struggle with it in professional and in personal relationships. But listening, we kind of suck at it as a society. So we can work on it. Dude, where were you like a week or so ago when I needed you in the middle of this conversation to help me? Oh my gosh, dude, like seriously, that would have completely made all the difference in the world for me in this particular relationship and, and, and conversation. Um, so, all right, let's, this, you guys, I hope you guys are taking good notes on this. This is important stuff. And what we're talking about, you guys, really is not limited to just real estate. It's not even limited to business. It's something that will impact every area of your life and I think that to sum it up, you know, in terms of this piece of the conversation, I think what I would say is just make darn sure that you're going deep on relationships, that you care more about people than you do about profits, that you really care about how they feel in that moment and that they understand that you are hearing what they have to say. 
Um, and if you're a guy like me, that's a hard thing to do. Uh, you know, I don't, maybe it's a guy thing. I don't know, but I sure struggle with it. Um, so that being said, let's go back to flipping Maslow's hierarchy of needs and, and flipping time. Uh, we've got nine minutes left. So I want to leave this time to Karen and Brian to finish this up on this topic. How can we best flip time and get more, you know, literally to where we can double our income in just five minutes invested per day? Well, so when you were talking about the, the commit to get leads, which is really the most meaningful work of as somebody who's in production could do, it still can be meaningful. So like the things that resonate with me in terms of business development, lead generation and prospecting is different than other people, right? So some people, you know, they do the pop by thing and some people like to call and some people like to connect in person. And so they're, you know, different people have different um, things that are going to give them energy. So even in each area of your life, I would say, think about what brings you energy and what is going to help you to achieve at a higher level in, in, in the investment of the, the, the time that you're putting into it, because you, you could, it'll actually have more of an impact than you may even be thinking about, because if you're doing something that's an energy suck, so like do the suck, then you're probably actually going backwards in a lot of ways. So you're not even operating at a normal effectiveness or efficiency. You're actually operating backwards. So figure out a way for other people to do those things. And that's where there's a lot of great strategies, you know, for delegating and, um, and maybe deleting. Maybe it's some, I remember I had someone say, well, what aren't you going to do if you're going to do that? And I'm like, oh, I guess I should take something off my calendar or choose to put something else first. The first is probably, we talk about priorities as if it's a plural, it's not actually a plural. The word is supposed to be singular. Yep. So, and <laughs> right. <laughs> so really that first domino, if you will, is gonna be the most important. And I will say the most impact is in the morning for most people. And I am not a morning person by nature, but I have discovered the morning as the time where because I invest in personal and business development in the morning, then the best, the rest of the day goes better instead of the other way around. It's the whole big rocks analogy. I love it. Brian? I, I, I'm just going to piggyback on that concept. So I believe that personally, you can control two hours of the day, the first and the last. You can decide how you end your day and you can decide how you start your day. The majority of the stuff that comes in the middle is unfortunately sometimes chaos, but you know, and if you're like, well, I can't control the first hour of my day, get up an hour earlier. And, and you know, it's funny, you, you talked about five minutes. And I did a thing a couple of years ago with some people. I said, why don't we do, why don't you give me one minute? And they're like, well, what do you mean? Okay, what time do you get up? I get up at uh, seven o'clock. So tomorrow, I want you to get up at 6.59. Can you do that? Yeah. And I have people basically get up one minute earlier every day for 30 days. And then they're like, well, I guess I can get up at 6.30 now. And I know that seems really, really, really silly, but sometimes these are the simple things that we can do, you know, make, as I heard someone say recently, micro commitments, stop trying to say, I'm going to close $12 million in business in the next week and a half. That's probably not going to happen. But what you can do is get up at a certain time. What you can do is start your day off a certain way, the same way every time. And then you can prioritize what things you're going to do. 
the reality is if you do just a couple of things really, really, really well, you can be successful in whatever you want to in life. Most of us spend the majority of our time working on the stuff that we suck at so we can become below average at it. Start working on the stuff that you're really good at and do more of that. And I think that's one of the best ways to, to move forward. I love it. And I agree, Brian. I find that people then start to feel the benefits of it and then they want to do more, which then they'll figure out how the rest, right? It's all, as Marie Forleo says, it's all figure outable. So do that first, you know, eat the frog first or, you know, whatever it is you want to call it. Uh, do that first. And what I encourage is meaningful work, self-actualization, those kind of things first, because then you will have the energy to make the most impact on the rest of your day. Yeah. I love it. You know, and it's interesting, you talk about these micro commitments and the, how little steps lead to big steps or bigger steps. And I think about, you know, the typical when a, when a lead comes in, right, we meet somebody at an open house or we, or we, you know, get a new lead on the phone. Again, this, these are people, you guys. And we start, we, as, as we talk about these folks, one of the things we don't want to do is we don't want to put them in a position of feeling bad, right? Because if I feel bad in the moment in a little thing, I'm gonna, it's going to trickle down. As an example, the worst thing you can ask someone when you first meet them is, are you working with an agent, right? Because what, what does everybody do the second you say, are you working with an agent? Yep. Right. And what is that? Normally, they're just blowing you off, right? They just, they want to they move past that. They don't want to, they, they probably don't have an agent, but they'll say they do so that you'll leave them alone. The reality is the question we should be asking is, who is your agent, right? If we say instead, who is your agent, they're far less likely to lie about Because here's the thing, if they say yes, and they don't really have one, they've just lied. And that feels bad. So we've just put them in a position of feeling bad. But we don't want that. We don't want people to feel bad when they interact with us. We want them to feel good when we interact with us. And Go ahead, Brian. Look like you're gonna... I, I, people are going to laugh at me for saying this, but stop acting like your time's so valuable. And here's what I mean by that. So let's say that I did 10 minutes, you know, Karen was a lead and, or uh, Karen was a potential client. Let's, let's change some, some language there. So I'm talking to Karen on the phone and I spend 10 minutes with her and I give her some advice and we find some things out. And at the end, she says, you know what, Brian, I'm actually already working with another agent. What, what's the worst thing that happened? I spent 10 minutes of my time helping another human being. And you know what? If that person ends up having a bad experience with the agent, who are they coming back to? Me. So, you know, we lead with these things. We lead with these two questions all the time. And I can tell you right now, I can tell you to go directly to whatever. If you lead with, are you pre-qualified and are you working with somebody else? What, what you said to me is, I, all I want to know is if my time is valuable enough to spend with you. And if that's the way you want to interact with people, then keep doing that. But how about give a little bit, let the law of reciprocity kick in. And then, you know what? What's the worst thing that happened? I spent 10 minutes talking to Karen. She's not going to work with me. She's a nice lady. I hang up and talk to the next person. The world doesn't end if I have to give away 10 minutes of my time to another human being. I, I don't think that could have been said any better. I'm gonna, let's leave it at that. Let's make that our closing uh, comment. Brian, Karen, thank you both so much. Seriously, I have I've not only learned a lot on this call, but I've also been reminded of a lot. And, you know, it's interesting. We have to, we, we, we learn everything. There's all kinds of information out there. The key is making sure that the, the most important piece of that information are constantly brought to the top of our minds. You guys have helped me with that today and you've helped remind me of some things that are very important that I've been forgetting that I need to work on. Uh, so thank you for that. And thank you guys for taking time out of your day. For those of you watching, 
if next time you've got a referral in, in Northern Virginia or in Boulder, Colorado, think of Brian and Karen, send them that referral. These guys are doing this and they wouldn't ask you for this. I'm going to ask for them because I know they're both too humble and nice to ask for it themselves. But I'm going to tell you, these guys are taking time out of their day, an hour out of their day to share great information with you with no expectation of anything in return. Next time you see somebody posting about a referral in their area, jump in there and tag these guys. Uh, and by the way, if you could comment in this post, if you got value out of this, what one thing did you come out of here with? What one reminder, what one thing are you going to implement uh, in your business or in your life? And if you could just post that in the Facebook comments, maybe share this if you've had, if you felt like this is a valuable call, share it with someone, uh, share it on your timeline, whatever. We'd appreciate that a lot. So my name is Michael Hellickson. I'm one of the coaches here at Club Wealth. And on behalf of everybody at Club Wealth, I thank you for watching. And remember, you are world class. Thank you.